Chapter 19 of Fern's Hollow. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Fern's Hollow by Hesba Stretton. Chapter 19 Fire, Fire. Anne was standing close to the pantry door, listening to Stephen's mysterious movements in utter bewilderment, hardly knowing whether she ought to call her uncle, but not coming to a decision about it until the boy appeared before her. His first quick action was to secure the door by fastening a rusty bolt which was on the outside, and then, in a few hurried sentences, he explained his strange conduct by telling her how tim had conveyed to him the design of some of the colliers for breaking into the master's house there had been several similar robberies in the country during the strike for wages and miss anne was greatly alarmed while stephen felt all the tender spirit of a brave man aroused within him as she sank faint and trembling upon the nearest seat don't be afraid he said courageously they shall tear me to pieces before they touch you miss anne i'm stronger than you'd think but if i can't take care of thee god can hasn't he sent me here afore they come on purpose they'd have come upon you unawares but for god you are right stephen answered miss anne he says thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night but what shall we do how can we make ourselves safer i'll try not to be afraid but we must do all we can ourselves hark there's a footstep already yes there was a footstep and not a very stealthy one approaching the house and the dog bounded forward to the full length of his chain but he was beaten down with a blow that stunned him the men were too strong in numbers and too secure in the extreme loneliness of the dwelling to care about taking many precautions miss anne and stephen heard mr wiley cross the floor of his room above and open his window but there was silence again and the chime of the house clock striking eleven was the only sound that broke the silence until the casement above was reclosed and the master's footfall returned across the room i must go and tell him said miss anne perhaps he can secure some of his money lest martha should be stopped on the way or not come in time stay here and watch stephen and let me know if you hear anything she stole upstairs in the dark lest those without should see the glimmer of her candle through the fan light in the hall and then she spoke softly to her uncle through his locked and bolted door downstairs stephen listened with his quickened hearing to the footsteps gathering around the house and presently the latch of the pantry door was lifted with a sudden click that made him start and catch his breath but jack davies could come no further now that the rusty bolt was drawn on the outside there was a whispered conversation through the pantry window and the sound of someone getting out again and then stephen crept across the dark kitchen into the hall through which miss anne had gone at the head of the staircase was the door of the master's room now standing open and the light from it served to guide him across the strange hall and up the stairs until he reached the doorway and could look in the chamber had a low and sloping ceiling and a gable window in the roof which was defended by strong bars near this window was an open cabinet containing many little drawers and divisions all of which were filled with papers 
while upon a leaf in the front there lay rolls of banknotes and heaps of golden money which the master had been counting over he stood beside his cabinet as if he had just risen from this occupation and was leaning upon his chair panic-stricken at the tidings miss anne had uttered his grey hair was scattered over his forehead instead of being smoothly brushed back and the long loose coat which hung carelessly around his shrivelled form and stooping shoulders made him look far older than he did in the daytime as stephen's eyes rested upon the sunken form and quaking limbs of the aged man he felt for the first time how helpless and infirm his enemy was instead of the rich full and prospering master he had always considered him keep off cried the old miser as he caught sight of stephen on the threshold and raised his withered arm as if to ward him from his treasures keep off stephen fern is that you you've come to take your revenge the robbers and murderers have got in oh god have pity upon me i've come to take care of miss anne said stephen they've not got in yet master and please god help will be here for long with martha the doors and windows are safe anne take him away implored mr wiley i don't know if it's true but take him away i'm not safe while he's there they will murder me go go miss anne led stephen away and no sooner were they outside the room than the master rushed forward and locked and barred the door securely behind them there was a window in the landing looking over the yard where the housebreakers were and they stood at it in silence straining their eyes into the darkness but it did not remain dark long for a thin bright flame burst up from behind the dairy wall and by its fitful blaze they could see the figures of four men coming rapidly round from that corner of the old building fire fire they shouted in wild voices of alarm and beating the iron-studded door with heavy sticks wake up master wake up the house is on fire their only answer was a frantic scream from the servant who thrust her head out of her window and echoed their shouts with piercing cries but stephen and miss anne did not move only miss anne laid her hand upon his arm and he felt how much she trembled they're only trying to frighten us he said quietly that's only the woodstack on fire they think to frighten us to open the door by making believe the house is on fire miss anne i'm praying to god all the while to send martha in time so am i she answered sobbing but oh stephen i'm frightened miss anne he said in a comforting tone that chapter about faith you've been teaching me it says something about quenching fire quenched the violence of fire she murmured out of weakness we're made strong she hid her face for a minute or two in both her hands and then she was strong enough to go to the servant's room where the terrified girl was still calling for help the wild shouts and the deafening clamour at the door rang through the house but the blaze was gone down again and when stephen threw open the window just over the heads of the group of men in the yard below there was not light enough for him to distinguish their faces i'm here he said stephen fern i found out what you're up to and martha's gone to longville for help she'll be here for long and you can't force the door open put out the fire in the woodstack and go home maybe if you're not found here you'll get off for i've seen none of you 
and I can only guess at who you are. Go home, I say. There was a low, deep growl of disappointment, and a hurried consultation among the men, but whether they would follow Stephen's counsel, it was not permitted them to choose, for suddenly a strong, bright flame burst up in a high column, like a beacon, into the midnight air, and everyone gazing upwards saw in a moment that the thatch over the farthest gable had caught fire. The house itself was now burning, and the light blazing full upon their upturned faces revealed to Stephen the well-known features of four of his former comrades. The shout that rang from their lips was one of real alarm now. "'Stephen, lad, open the door!' cried Black Thompson. "'We thought to smoke the old fox out of his kennel, but it took fire in earnest. We'll not hurt him nor Miss Anne, lad. The old house will burn like tinder.' what a glaring light spread through the landing the face of miss anne coming round the servants room shone rosy and bright in it though she was pale with fear through the open window drifted a suffocating smoke of burning wood and thatch and the crackling and splitting of the old roof sounded noisily above their voices but miss anne commanded herself and spoke calmly to stephen we must open the door to them now she said god will protect us from these wicked men uncle uncle the house is really on fire and we want the keys let me in she knocked loudly at his door and lifted up her voice to make him hear and stephen shouted but there was no answer without the keys of the massive locks it would not be possible to open the doors and he had them in his own keeping but he gave no heed to their calls nor the vehement screams of the frightened servant perhaps he had fallen into a fit and they had no means of entering his chamber so securely had he fastened himself in with his gold stephen and miss anne gazed at one another in the dazzling and ominous light but no words crossed their trembling lips oh the horror of their position and already other voices were mingled with those of the assailants and every one was shouting from without praying them to open the door and be saved from their tremendous peril i'll not open the door said mr wyley from within they'll rob and murder me they are come to kill me and i may as well die here there's no help there is help dear uncle cried miss anne there are other people from botfield and help is coming from longville oh let me in no said the master they all hate me they'll kill me and say it was done in the fire i'll not open to anybody she prayed and expostulated in vain he cared little for their danger so hardened was he by a selfish fear for himself the fire was gaining ground quickly for a brisk wind had sprung up and the long seasoned timber in the old walls burned like touchwood the servant lay insensible on the threshold of the master's chamber and Miss Anne and Stephen looked out from a front casement upon the gathering crowd, who implored them with frenzied earnestness to throw open the door. "'Miss Anne,' cried Stephen, "'you can get through the pantry window. You are little enough. Oh, be quick, and let me see you safe.' "'I cannot,' she answered. "'Not yet.' "'Not till the last moment. I dare not leave my uncle and that poor girl.' oh stephen if martha would but come 
she rested her head against the casement sobbing as though her grief could not be assuaged stephen felt heartsick with his intense longing for the arrival of help from longville as he watched the progress of the fire but at last after what appeared ages of waiting they heard a shout in the distance and saw a little band of horsemen galloping up to the burning house they are come from longville uncle cried miss anne you must open now there is not a moment to spare the fire is gaining upon us fast he had seen their approach himself and now he opened the doors and gave the keys to miss anne he had collected all his papers and notes in one large bundle which he had clasped in his arms and as soon as the crowd swept in through the open doors he cried aloud to the constable from longville to come and guard him there was very little time for saving anything out of the house for before long the flames gathered such volume and strength as to drive every one out before them and as stephen stood beside the miserable old man who was shivering in the bitter night wind he beheld his dwelling destroyed as suddenly and entirely as the hut at fern's hollow had been End of chapter nineteen